Well, Cassandra, we're so excited to have you on our podcast today. I think our listeners are going to absolutely love uh, your presence and your message and can't wait to put you out here more. So we're super excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Let's start off first. Tell us about uh, your business and how you got started. Yeah, you know, I think my entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneurial story is much like everyone else's. I was having a couple of bad weeks at work and just really not liking my boss very much. And a friend of mine, he was an <laughs> entrepreneur, said, why don't you just start your own business? It would not be that hard. Um, and he was right. So I, it was, you know, you get to a point where you're just really unhappy in your day to day. And you're like, all right, I'm going to try this. Like, what's really the worst that can happen? A lot. There's a lot that can be the worst <laughs> that could happen. But, um, when you know, why not? I was, you know, young and didn't have a family that depended on me. So it seemed like a good time. Yeah. What were some of those challenges that you were, th those, the worst that could happen that was happening to you in, in those early years? Yeah. I mean, not being able to pay my mortgage, right? Having a you know, maybe ask mom and dad for a little support. Um, definitely didn't want to do that. Um, you know, finding clients, but you know, what if I do this and then, you know, everyone around me has been like cheering me on and then mm. I fail at it. Um, that this doesn't, you know, you're putting up a facade of like, you know, when you first start a business, like everything's great. We're doing so good. You got to keep morale up <laughs> and then you're closing your doors the next day. So I didn't want that to happen. I really didn't. Yeah, no, most definitely. Um, so tell us about what you're doing for your clients. Yeah, so we are a, um, a digital content marketing firm. So what that means is we help tell your story and keep your presence in front of um, your clients. So we work with small businesses, mostly in Charlotte, but there's some out of state as well. Um, and we, you know, write for social media, we write blogs, we do some website copy and a lot of brand messaging, just getting your brand out there and telling an authentic story so that people mm. trust you. Um, yeah. And they might follow you for a different reason, but then when you need to make a sale, they're, they're probably going to be your, the first ones in the door. You, uh, you put an emphasis on authentic. Can you tell us what that means to you? Like how the importance of that to you as well? Yeah. I mean, marketing can be an ugly word sometimes, right? It can, you know, be, I don't know. I don't, I don't really want to call any brands, but you know, it can be something that makes you feel like you're being tricked into buying something or feeling really guilty. Like I need to have this thing, scare tactics, all that. That's one way to do marketing. I, you know, I'm a big fan of Brene Brown and her studies around um, authenticity and it, I mean, it's true in our culture and I think our generation today um, and we're, you know, millennials are the biggest purchase, you know, purchasing power of, of any generation right now. So looking to them and what they want are authentic brands that speak honestly and they're not behind this facade and a happy smile and everything shiny and good. Sometimes things right. aren't shiny and good, but that, that's life and that's okay. Yeah, no doubt. Tell us about your passion for this business specifically and, and why, why this industry, what made you want to and made you passionate about taking the risk of starting a business here? That's a really good question. Um, I really hate social media. To be very honest with you. I don't know why I'm in social media. And that's so, 
<laughs> not to interrupt, but it's so funny because that's how Keanu found you. Um, but right. I get it. I'm not even on social media at all. So I'm on the same boat as you, Cassandra. But anyways, keep going. <laughs> you don't have a business around social media. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm an anomaly. I really am in, in the sense that I hate it. And yet I've made a business out of it because I, you know, just because I don't like it the vast majority, I think it's over half of the world's population has at least one social media profile that they're active on. Mm. And, you know, that's how small businesses, I think that social media is just a godsend really for small businesses because it's essentially quote unquote free marketing. Um, It's a way to really connect with your followers and build community if you do it right. Uh, And that's what I feel really passionate about. So yeah. um, I, I have like 12 friends on Facebook, but my clients have thousands of friends. So I feel good about that. <laughs> there we I go. don't like social media for me, but I definitely talking like Cassandra, I'll definitely rock it for my clients. So I yeah. love that. We, uh, we, of course, we like to uh, hear from people's perspective, given their personality and their Enneagram type. So tell us about your experience with the Enneagram and uh, what you know about your Enneagram type. Yeah, well, I learned more after we talked, Keanu, the first time, because um, I know I'm a two, right? So you had sent me like a little PDF thing. So I was able to kind of read some more information about it. Um, and all I knew at the time when I told you that is that's the helper, the advisor, something like that. So someone who wants to help people. Um, and I, I, I came to the Enneagram maybe last year. I had a, a therapist. She, she told me to just take a free test online see what that's like um and when I was reading it I'm like you know it's probably one of those things for everybody like part of it I'm like yeah that's me and then other parts of it I was like what no that's not me at all I'm not that person (laughs) so what did you learn um after we had connected and had sent you some of the materials that we use what stood out to you from that if you can recall I think really and we probably talked about this a little bit too you know what, hap- what, what happens to you when you're triggered in certain situations and like stress and stuff. Um, you know, I do become very irritable when I'm stressed. I kind of thought that was everybody, but I think it's more so like true for me. Um, I can keep my cool. And especially if I'm trying to be helpful with somebody and, and yet, you know, the, the situation is becoming stressful, which tends to happen with clients. Sometimes mm-hmm. I recognize I have got to take a break. I've got to maybe wait 24 hours before I respond to this email because otherwise I just want to be like, I'm helping you. Why are you being so difficult? <laughs> yes. uh, we were just talking this morning, uh, Lamar, we interviewed a, another type one and he was talking about how in his stress as a type one, it just becomes totally dissociated and disconnected with people, like totally just withdraws and I'm out. Like, I don't want to deal with anybody. And that was one thing that stood out to me. And I think that that's one of the primary uh, pillars or one of the reasons I love coaching with the Enneagram is because it's not uncommon. It's more common than not that people think, well, doesn't everyone think like this? Or doesn't everyone feel like this? And the truth is that it's not. And we hold each other to that standard. So if we all didn't know our personality types and we were all working on a team, Cassandra being a two and Lamar a one and, and me being an eight, I would expect everybody to operate like me and be very, very driven and, and super aggressive. And you know, you would expect people to be really others focused and a little bit more empathetic and kind. And Lamar would be like, I don't care, just stick to the systems. And we'd be all battling 
how each one of us, we believe that we're truly right, right? Or we have the corner on the truth market and you need to see it my way instead of us saying, no, we are built differently and let's learn how to leverage those instead of trying to make everyone around us more like us. So don't feel bad that you thought like I thought everyone became irritable in a sense. Yes, but it looks definitely different. And I asked yeah. about the Enneagram to launch us into your book. Type twos have a great intuition for seeing needs in others before they can even see it. And your book, this won't be pretty. It really does. And I'm not going to take too much away from it. It kind of sheds some light on that. Hey, there's a need out there and someone should meet it. So I guess I will. And that is kind of like core to a type two. So tell us a little bit about that. Or I think that you have some, some great insight to add to that. Yeah, for sure. So um, the author, Toni Morrison, has this amazing quote, and it has always stuck with me. And it's, I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but it's, it's to the effect of, um, if there's a book out there that you want to read, and it doesn't exist, then you have to write it. And it's so simple, and you can hmm. really apply it to anything. If there is a need out there, you have to create it if it doesn't exist, right? So this is the book essentially that I wish I had my first year in business um, as I was kind of stumbling through all of these firsts of owning a business, especially as a woman, especially as someone who is fairly introverted with no sales background, never took a business class in her life. Like what am I, if, if I should probably should not have started a business. I didn't think too much about it. And that was probably <laughs> key to, to being successful. Um, but I, you know, found myself sharing tips with other people and they were like, oh, that's a good idea. I'm like, it is. Okay. All right. Maybe I should put this down on paper. <laughs> that's so awesome. So what was that process like for you? Well, I'm a writer by trade. So at first it was fun. I loved it. Um, probably by year two, uh, which would have been last year, we're in quarantine here in Charlotte. And it's just me and the dog and a lot of whiskey. And it was, it was not pretty at all. <laughs> That's Keanu. That sounds like a good time for Keanu. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that's a, I think that's a Hemingway quote, right? Drunk and edit sober. So that's pretty much what I did. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love that. Um, so what was your favorite part of the book to write and why? Honestly, it was the last chapter, which is about facing your setbacks, um, mm. facing failure, how to pivot, what you can learn from your mistakes, because those things are just inevitable. And I don't, I don't connect with people or books or processes that promote this, like you're amazing and you're a unicorn, everything's going to be great. That helps to a certain extent, but inevitably it's life and we're all going to hit some kind of hurdle. And it's how you, you know, it's a cliche, but it's how you get back up from, yeah. from those quote unquote failures. And you're going to have plenty of them when you own a business. Um, but that's the point you're, you're supposed to have them so that you can learn and be better. So that was probably my favorite chapter to write. Yeah, no, that's so cool. And I was, uh, I was reading over some of the, uh, some of the concepts that you had talked about and like other books that are, I guess, could be compared to this in the sense that uh, there's other uh, books that have been written telling women to, to, to look a certain way or to uh, wear their hair this way or to wear the high heels or to, you know, change basically what they typically would be like in order to gain business. Um, I would love to hear more of your perspective on that. 
Yeah, you know, that was probably another reason why I felt the need to write this book, because there are some business books out there for women, uh, written by women, and they're about, you know, very sexy, shiny jobs that mm. in PR or media relations, or marketing too, can be, can be, you know, sexy, right. but you're in New York or you're in LA and these women are very extroverted, high powered. I want to be the CEO. I want to be the boss. Well, awesome. That's fantastic. But then there's others who are really small business owners, accountants, marketing professionals, writers, uh, business coaches who don't, you know, maybe that's not their dream. They still want to own a business. Um, it just looks a little different. So, you know, I felt, I feel like that it just, there's so many ways being a business owner could look. And I, I think I bought into that idea that it has to look a certain way. Well, I'm not her, so I can't be a business owner. Mm, that's such good truth. And I think that there's so many women and men out there that need to hear that, that success doesn't look a certain way, right? Uh, your goals don't mean that you have to change the way that you are. And I love that you're attached to that. And that's why I think why Keanu wanted you to have you on here, because that aligns so much with what we, uh, with what we believe in as well, uh, at True Strategy. Yeah, your story reminds me of the beginning of of uh, Jamie Kern Lima. Have you heard of her? She uh, owns a cos cosmetic. Okay. So uh, her story is she, she sold her, her business for $1,200,000,000. Um, and her whole theme was, I want to create cosmetics for the women that don't look like what Hollywood should say you look like. Right. And so she used models of everyday regular women, right. That weren't all dapper down and like CGI'd and like all kinds of extra angles and, you know, basically superficial things. And she built an extremely authentic and amazing business out of that. And so I think uh, if you get the chance, look her up, because I think that story would be very aligned with you and super inspirational. But yeah, go she's going up on like every podcast right now because she just released a book called Believe It. And I'm confident that Jamie Kern Lima is also a type two. Um, just really, you hear it, right? There's a need, yeah. you see it, and I'm going to meet it. Like that, that is the heart and the drive. And that's really the gift that, you know, the world needs, right? To see that I, someone else doesn't want to do it. And I think I love the statement as well that, hey, if there's not a book out there that is what you're looking for, then you got to write it. And I could see the conviction in you uh, on video saying, like, I, I had to do it. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do um, but I had to. And it is so funny, though, because when I connected with you after reaching out on social media and seeing the title, I actually expected the book to be a little bit more aggressive or kind of the opposite of what it what it is, because the title is so aggressive. And me being a type eight, I was drawn to it like this won't be pretty. I was like, Oh, yeah, that's so true. And that's so right. But I was so pleasantly surprised, actually, when you told me that, no, it's actually to show that, hey, you don't have to be this picture. You can still be very successful because our belief is and how we like to leverage the Enneagram is, is teaching people to understand that, hey, you are enough. You have enough. You have the gifts. You have the talents. Just learn how to access them. We can teach you and support you on that. And you can accomplish whatever you want to accomplish. So, so, so thrilled to have you um, here uh, Lamar, I think I'll uh, toss it back over to you. I know that you answered, asked the questions and I'll, <laughs> I'll track and add some time to it. Um, no, you brought up the title, Keanu, and I really wanted to hear where that inspiration for the title came from. Gosh, I, I really just think I was laying in bed at like two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and, and that was just a phrase. And 
probably had said it about the process of writing anyways. I'm like, God, this has not been pretty. And then I, I think I, you know, saying that to myself and being pretty is a very kind of feminine thing. You know, mm. we want to be pretty. We want things to look pretty, you know, yeah. like this process, like everything is perfect and pretty. Uh, yeah. Do you see a theme where I'm going with it? So, <laughs> you know, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely so, love it. Talk, speaking of authenticity and, and just being genuine, that is so genuine. Like, oh, this has not been pretty. Well, this won't be pretty. Oh, there it is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us honestly, were there some other uh, rough draft names that you had thrown out there for this book that maybe you could share with us? No, actually. Yeah, I wish I, I, I wish I could say that there was maybe in one of like my old journals, there might be like I was sketching down some names, but nothing that that stuck. I kept envisioning the cover, which was not this, actually. Um, but it was all around, you know, something feminine, or, you know, like high heels that are like muddy or something like that. Like I kind of had images, but I didn't have the words for it. So well, that's how you know that it was the right title because it was yeah. so inspired in the way that it was. And it came from an authentic place. And again, I think this goes into your business, my business, all of our businesses that when it's authentic and it's genuine, you can just tell. And there was something about the title that I just <laughs> felt like that is so real. This won't be pretty. So I didn't know that at 2 a.m. you were laying around thinking like, oh, this is terrible. But, you know, it connected. And, and that, that says a lot about how we... Uh, message or we lean into our messaging or connect with our clients or those we want to work with yeah yeah absolutely um so we have other listeners uh that are inspired starting their businesses um and whatnot and some of them aspire to be writers so I'd love to get your advice on two things what advice would you have for them for starting their business or and or writing uh their very first book yeah so i I guess I would say the first thing would be if you're going to write a book and it's going to be about your business or that process, give it at least two years so you can at least go through everything twice, hopefully, mm. um, before you write that advice. It, you know, I, I did start writing this book when I started my business. It was originally my blog on my website that I and I turned those into this, um, you know, into basically the, the bones of the, what the manuscript looked like. Um, but I was having to rewrite things as I was, you know, cause I was further along in my business and then mm. catching myself being like, Oh wait, I know that now, but it's not my first year anymore. Hang on. I gotta, you know, edit some things. Mm. So, um, so, so I would say that, you know, give it some time to have the experience to write it, um, which I think most good writers would know that anyways. Um, and then the other thing in terms of starting your business, you know, really having a support system. Um, and I mentioned, you know, my business coach that I had when I first started my business and he, um, you know, he's in the acknowledgements. I quote him several times in the book, <laughs> you know, you guys are really powerful in helping someone who's like, I want to do this thing, but I don't know which way to go. Mm. Um, you know, having that outside perspective is, is so helpful. Um, and it, it can be lonely being an entrepreneur. So it's good to find your, your group. Yeah, no you doubt. Are so rare in that you hired a coach in the beginning. I can't tell you how many times people are starting their business and they think, well, when I get it to a certain space, then I'll hire a coach and not realizing that, Hey, if you want to get there, a coach is going to get you there much faster. So let's do this. Right. So I didn't know that part of your story. Tell me about like the, the decision-making process of hiring a coach in the beginning when there are probably tons of other things you could have spent your money on. 
Yeah. Um, well, I think it was two things. Um, one, I had plenty of men in my life who definitely wanted to give me advice, even though I didn't really want them to give me advice. Yeah, <laughs> Coming from a place of love. <laughs> that's a downfall for all of us men, regardless of our types. <laughs> oh, gosh. So I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want that. I wanted to have, I did want the advice, but I didn't want the free peanut gallery advice. Um, that was one drive to do it. And then the other was, you know, my, my friend who had helped, you know, said to me, just start your own business. Um, he had a business coach. He was like, I like my business coach. Why don't you meet with him? Um, so he really had kind of just connected us. And then once I had met with, um, met with the, the man, I I was like, you're cool. And this, you make me feel like I'm, you know, on the right track to something. So I'm going to, I'm going to pay you to to keep telling you this. (laughs) I love that. Um, so, uh, I want to, I want to dive back into, into your business some more because another question had just come up to me, but, uh, what are some of the problems that you see, um, with your clients that you end up helping with? That, that you feel like your, your business specifically um, deals with? You know, I, there's a lot of education around what social media does and doesn't do for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people in general are, are getting a lot better. And it, it's really hard. I mean, I, I've had to niche down so much marketing so many things, but social media itself, and I don't even do all the social media channels. There's only four that we technically technically four but three that we really focus on um, because there's so much that changes on a daily basis so I think it's the education around hey social media is not just for kids that's the big thing you know like all the kids are on it well I can tell you for sure my parents are on their phones more than I am like you know that's and you see the demographics you see the statistics but um, you know it's it's people who are older retired um, there, you know, if your clients are a certain demographic, we are going to find them on a specific platform and it might not be the platform you think it's going to be. So I, it's a lot of education, but I enjoy that part. On to, uh, I, this was one of my favorite questions and I'm like, I couldn't wait for us to get there. So I had to really hold myself back. Um, but, uh, what are some things that you believe, uh, women have to think about, uh, when starting a business as compared to what men have to think about? That's a really excellent question. I think that there are two big things. And the first would be about our value and what we're worth. And there's been plenty of studies that show, you know, men apply for jobs, even if they're only 40%, you know, match what the job description is. Women won't apply for a job unless they're closer to 100% that match the jobs. Like, it's just a mindset that, is different between men and women. And, and I hope that we're starting to have this, you know, process of changing where women are like, no, I, yeah, why not? I'll apply for that. Um, and I think becoming an entrepreneur and a business owner for a woman does help that. Um, and, and, you know, sh- having that, like I mentioned, that core group and people that you trust and support and sharing with how much are you, um, you know, do you, bill your clients or how, you know, what is your, what is the value you're providing? And look, hearing that stuff, talking in real numbers, I think is really, really helpful. Um, so that would be definitely the first thing. And then the second would be, there will always be some implicit or explicit bias that happens. Um, and recognizing that that has not, has less to do with you than it does with the person across the table. And that's true of any bias, really. 
Um, I, I talk about it in my book. There was a coffee I was having at a Panera Bread in um, South Charlotte and the gentleman made a comment that I didn't have a wedding ring and he wanted to therefore tell me why I wasn't married. And so I was like, oh, could you? That'd be great. I'd love to know why I'm not married. And which evolved into, you know, children and do I want to have children? Not at all a very comfortable networking coffee that Mm. would unlikely happen with a male. Um, But what I had, you know, I learned about myself in that process and how to better navigate um, certain situations like that uh, in the future. Thankfully, that it has been the only situation like that. But, you know, I, I think if I had just been more aware of it being a possibility when, you know, in the beginning, yeah. I would have been a little more calm as it was happening. Right. Well, you wouldn't be as surprised by it, but um, also you would have been, you would have felt more equipped to kind of deal with something like that because I even hear that. And I think that um, there really is a lot to be learned in. And, and it's so interesting because the two podcasts that we recorded today, um, they have so much to do with empathy and connection and support and understanding and really putting yourself in the shoes of, of other people. Um, the, the last episode, uh, he is a great leader and personally my coach, uh, but he coaches with the John Maxwell team. Uh, he is an African-American man, and he also does do training and diversity and inclusion. And again, a lot of the conversation was about, okay, connecting and seeing people where they are. And some people that are listening, they might think, what does this have to do with business? Well, business is a common stomping ground. Business is something that brings people together uh, right on par with church, I think even more so because you go to your workplace, you know, five days a week and not once. So you're dealing with people and understanding people. And if we really do want to see impact in the world, then this is helpful. So I really do believe that having this conversation, I didn't necessarily think that this would be the direction. However, I'm thankful for it. And I'm thankful for your vulnerability to share and really have that conversation and be that voice for people to say like, Hey, no, you, you, you are so much more and you, you can, um, I don't know. I think really just call it out as well and just be honest about it. And I really appreciate that because I appreciate candor of all types. Um, But again, it it all, it all correlates because if you can't treat people or see them where they're at and really understand, Hey, no, that is true. And that is an issue. Then, I mean, what are we really doing? And you're really not going to get the most out of your business anyway. So again, long way of saying thank you for being vulnerable and for sharing in those ways. And then again, even in your book, really leading the way for other people, I can't help but ask, is there going to be another book or what's next for you? Do you, are you going to start a podcast? We, I mean, we got to get your voice out there. I, I appreciate that. Uh, I cannot add a podcast to my <laughs> list of things to do right now. I'm yeah. So I'll just say that. Um, and I think we're a little too close to the birth of this child for me to <laughs> contemplate birthing any more children. Um, <laughs> so this is just my one baby for now. Um, but you know, maybe, maybe. Once I, once the, once this kind of sits on the shelf for a while and I feel like it's time for a new message, we'll just say maybe. Yeah, I totally get that. I I like that analogy though. (laughs) I got one child that just came out and like, let's, let me at least recover from the damage. (laughs) I love that. I can't imagine like everything that I do, I do like in excess. 
So it's like, I like something, <laughs> like, let's, let's, let's do more. That makes me very, very afraid for when we start having kids, Lamar. Like I've never thought about it. <laughs> um, I will say that my wife has genes for twins. And I have said that I, I pray and I hope that we get twins right off the bat. Like it would be so Keanu-esque to have twins first go around. So you guys join me in that uh, request there. <laughs> Cassandra, I want to go back to something that you had talked about uh, with women in business. And you said uh, the first point was knowing, knowing value, knowing your value. Uh, is that something that you've had to wrestle with in, in your own life? Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I even talk about it in my book, you know, I didn't know where to fall in terms of what is my hourly rate? What should I be offering? That's where a business coach was so helpful because, you know, he knew the industry and he was able to give me, you know, concrete numbers that I refused to go to. I was like, that's too high. That's ridiculous. I'm not going to ask for that. And I think that's another, you know, Mm. female perspective is like, oh gosh, no, I can't, I can't ask for that. Um, And then, you know, I finally got more comfortable. It was probably closer to a year in where I was finally, you know, asserting my worth and just, um, you know, this is the value that I bring. And it's interesting because just this past, you know, a couple of months, I had uh, someone coming back to me on an agreement and asking, why is your hourly rate as high as it is? And I was so, so comfortable just saying to him, like, because I offer more than what other consultants offer in this space. What's your next question? Like, and it was just, was I ready for him to just walk away? Sure. <laughs> but he did it. He, they, they, he signed the contract and, yeah. you know, another happy client. So. Oh man. A comment like that couldn't make Keanu smile even harder. I love that. I wanted to know the difference uh, of, of how that felt when you finally said, you know what, I'm going to move my rates to where they actually should be compared to when you were basically lowballing yourself. Tell me about that feeling pre and then after now where you, where you are today. Yeah. So I think the, the feeling for me before was, um, you know, it's so much easier and this might be part of my Enneagram too, but I can look at other people and be like, yeah, you're definitely worth that much money. And, and mm. once I was having women start working with me and I have two amazing women, shout out Samantha and Chandler. They're awesome. Um, when they started working with me and they, when I asked their hourly rate, they lowballed themselves, like even mm. lower than I thought that they were going. I knew they were probably going to do it, but even more so. And with both of them, I was like, no, that's too low. So this is the hourly rate I'm going to pay you. So let's start here. And then, and by the way, you should be talking to your other clients. They should not be paying you this yeah. low amount. So I think just once I started to recognize seeing other amazing, talented women, you know, lowball themselves, I was like, okay, mm. I you know I'm worth this. This is what I'm going to ask for. And, um, and now I think it's a little easier because I'm not just asking for me. I'm asking for my team, I'm not asking. I'm just explaining. This is, this is our team. This is all the great awesomeness you get when you pay what, what we're worth. I, I would say that, yes, that that does have to do with being an Enneagram too. But what I would also say is that each type at their best, they are servants or they're giving to others. And this is what I've noticed with all of the types, each type, each type at their worst is very selfish and self-serving. So that is very true uh, for yourself being a type two. But I experienced that as well with the coaches that I'm bringing on now. I didn't necessarily have an issue with, I feel like low balling myself, but it is an awkward 
you know, place to be where you're like, well, what, what do I charge? Cause I know what I want to charge. I know what I won't charge, but I mean, Hey, right. And imposter syndrome is a real thing as well. When you start to think like, am I worth that? And, and really starting to believe it and lean into it. But um, yes, every type at their best is serving of others. So you were able to experience that, Hey, if I want to serve them and really prove to them their own value, well, then I got to value myself. And, and it just goes to how when you're serving someone or you're giving and paying it forward that you really do get the best out of yourself. But I really do appreciate that because I know that that's a common thing. I think even with the coaches that we're bringing on right now, they're thinking like, hey, well, am I really going to charge this much for my time? Yes, because I see the value in you and they will see the value in you or they won't. And that's okay. We can, we can get rejected. That is fine. That's part of the process. I love that through that story uh, with Samantha and Chandler that um, you took the initiative as the employer to pull them up to their worth. Um, and I think that's an example, a lesson that other employers and business owners can learn out there is that if you have someone that you know is valuable and they're lowballing themselves, show them like, hey, no, I'm not going to, you know, lots of employers would say, all right, that's what you want. That'll make you happy. Let's go ahead and just give you that. When they know that like, dang, I really would have given you that much more. Like I could only imagine that feeling that it gave them like, wow. She could have just gave me my number, but she actually elevated that, how much more valuable um, they have felt. So I imagine they've been, probably been amazing for you. Yeah, they have been amazing, amazing teammates to work with. I think Chandler has been with me almost two years, maybe even over. Um, Samantha has been almost a year. And um, I literally, the last few weeks, we've had some fires. I have been working pretty much every weekend for the month of February, I think, um, not intentionally. I, I don't read my book. I do not recommend that. Don't do that. You're literally going to lead to burnout. And, you know, la last Sunday night, I went on our program management system and they had accomplished so much that I hadn't even given them all of those things. I was just, you know, okay, I know what stuff is on my to-do list. They had taken things off my to-do list that I, I literally sat there and cried. I was just so happy. And then when I told them uh, on our team call that I was like literally crying, I'm like, this is professional, but this is how I feel. <laughs> hey, Samantha Chandler. <laughs> there, I know you want to listen to this. So that is awesome. And, and it's, that's a, an indicator of a great leader. Um, if you didn't have the uh, heart or the passion that you did for them, then they, they wouldn't do that. People would show up and do their job and, and get out. So really a great sign of your leadership. So shout out <laughs> to Cassandra. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to steal Lamar's favorite question. A favorite quote uh, that you would want to share with the listeners? Yeah. Um, so I, I would probably say that it comes from my grandmother who would, and it's not a super original quote, but she would just always say, no matter what was happening, Cassandra, just take it day by day. And that is how she lived her life. I mean, she was an awesome woman. My grandfather passed, you know, back in the eighties and, you know, my grandma was with us up until just last year. So she lived into her mid nineties and just rocked her life out. And if whether I was going through something really terrible or the weather was just crappy outside and she always knew the weather, no matter where she lived in the country, she knew my weather and my sisters. Um, she would just be like, oh, just take it day by day. And I think that is just, it's just something it really growls me. And I remind myself that in anything, but especially in business, 
look, I cannot plan six months in advance. I might want to, but I have no idea what's going to happen between now and then. So I will plan today and I will maybe look at tomorrow, but that's all I've got right now. Great, great advice. And uh, I know that that's going to be helpful for so many people. We get so overwhelmed by everything that's going on. So shout out grandma for the amazing quote. Thank you. Um, But thank you, Cassandra, for joining us. And I'm just so excited to get your message out there and really be supporting people again and understanding that it won't be pretty, but they can do it. So let the people know where they can find you, where they can find your book. So you can actually, if you're here in the Charlotte area, you can pick up my book at Main Street Coffee and Coworking in Huntersville. Um, And there's also copies for sale at Park Road Books. So first and foremost, I would say, you know, shop local if you can. It's also available on Amazon. Um, You can find all of those links on my website, which is turnthenextpage.com. And you can follow us on the social media uh, that I hate, which is Instagram at nextpagebrand, Facebook at the same handle. And you can find me, Cassandra Delessio, um, on LinkedIn, which I'm happy to connect and answer any questions that anyone has if they're starting a business, uh, if they just want some thoughts, um, and if they need recommendations for good business coaches. I know two right here that I'd be happy to recommend as well. Thank you, Cassandra. Wow, she's even shouting us out. This has been the most wow. interview. I've been forgetting that we've been in an interview because it's just been so great to just have a conversation with you. So really, we have to have more conversations. Let's stay connected uh, in business. And hey, maybe you don't need a podcast. You could just come jump on ours anytime when you feel like getting a word out there. Uh, so thank you again. For those of you that want to engage with her, please do that. It's just support your business. And again, just to support you in the questions that you have. She truly is genuinely prepared to support you on that journey. And if you want to engage with us, if you are ready to begin building your business, accelerating relationships and accelerating results with True Strategy, you can email us right now, info at truestrategy.info. Put in the subject line, I'm ready. I'm ready to begin growing. I've been listening to the podcast and I'm excited to jump in and start growing my business and growing my team. You can email us or of course you can visit our website and take our assessment there that is ready or send it to someone in your life if you want them to get a little bit more aware uh, of their deficiencies and their strengths. You can take our assessment at assessment.truestrategy.info. So thank you all for joining us again. I hope that you had as much fun listening to Cassandra as I did. We'll see you next time.